Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mommy Files of the Black Mom. And I just want to tell y'all, this episode was recorded on time, in place, and ready. So before y'all talk about shit, just know I made it on time this week. On time. (laughs) Um, But no, seriously, this week, I wanted to talk about some touchy things. Not touchy in a bad way, but just touchy in general because you know, lately <laughs> it's getting into that holiday season and it's getting a little bit spicy. And uh, I had a couple things on my mind, and I was like, you know, I uh, I have a lot of good and bad going on in my life, but nonetheless, baby, I'm happy to be here. Okay, and I kind of wanted to talk about overcoming the loss of a baby and as some of you may know it's called a rainbow baby and sometimes I feel like when it comes to being a mom people only celebrate your good days right and the reality of it comes where a lot of moms have had loss like real loss and um it's kind of interesting it's kind of crazy I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts Um, with Amanda Seals and the past week when she she released her episode it had a trigger warning about pregnancy loss and it was crazy because a lot of times celebrities don't talk about loss and don't talk about them in a normal sense right And it's kind of scary because sometimes as women, we feel very triggered to have a partner, a comrade, a a person be on our side, be there supportive, but also to know kind of the normality of celebrities to real life, right? So... I listened to her podcast and it really, it touched me. It touched me deeply. She talked about the loss of her baby and her going through it and she being such a hard of. Now, if you ever hear Amanda Seals, if you don't know who that is, she's a comedian. She's a voice actress. She also was on Insecure. She made like Stan Tiffany and it was kind of amazing to hear this strong, bold vivacious woman talk about something so vulnerable something so touching intimate personal and be very raw in her feelings right and I wanted to talk about it because when we talk about babies and we talk about pregnancy and we talk about the joys of motherhood some of our closest friends and family have gone through loss and I, I don't want to misinterpret my words by saying certain things. So this is a trigger warning. If what I say may offend, hurt, or bother you, this is a time to not listen. If you feel as though what I'm going to say may offend you, this is the time to say, girl, I'll see you next episode. I'll give you a moment. So I'll start by saying one thing. I am pro-choice. Me, myself, that is my opinion. I am pro-choice. 
the reason I say I'm pro-choice and one of the reasons I respect Amanda and her being pro-choice is that she talked about being pregnant and being happy and boastful and planning and in all of the good feelings you get in those first prime weeks of being pregnant, right? And her going through the trauma of losing her baby, but then having to have two choices of what to do next. Have what would be considered an abortion to remove the dead fetus or to take a pill, which would have your body forcibly, but not hard in a painful way, but in an emotionally painful way, um, release the child or fetus, excuse me, and you pass it naturally. So what's more interesting than that is this is one of the talking points in people who are pro-life being that if you go through a pregnancy loss, they give you two options. Especially if you're very fairly, you know, early on, they don't naturally force you to go into labor to, you know, produce the unborn fetus. And if you're further on, like my sister who went through loss, and I love her dearly, and rest in peace, my niece Lucy, she was pregnant got all the way to 40 weeks and a day and my niece umbilical cord unfortunately was wrapped around her neck and my sister was rushed to the hospital and she had to then birth a stillborn and that kind of trauma really triggers a woman right and it really damages a woman in, in, in a way that is not something you can put a band-aid on time will heal your wounds will you know you know, kind of passed, but it's not that easy. And the reason I say it's not that easy is because people move on. People move on after a loss, just like they move on after a death. But the people closest to that person, whether it be a mom, a dad, a sister, a brother, a father, a grandmother, whatever, when they lose someone so near and dear to their heart, even something as close as a fetus, it's not something so easily dismissed. And when people who have a choice to say, I was raped and I no longer want to keep the fetus. I have a stillborn and I have to now produce a fetus. I have a miscarriage, so now I have to have their fetus removed. Those are reasons why I am pro-choice. And because I'm pro-choice, And it may be offensive. Sometimes you make the best decisions for you as the person carrying, birthing, being the human vessel of this unborn fetus. Um, And it's one of those things where I think pro-lifers have a very murky view on why people are pro-choice. And it's a very, I would say, old value when it comes to being pro-life. A lot of times it's very religious-based and it's very religion-heavy on why pro-life is, you know, the decision for them. And I always say every woman's choice is her own and it's her own because it's, again, her body. And I respect it. I respect this so much because you never know a woman's trauma 
before you can decide her choice for her body. And I say that to say, there's a reason why there are support groups for abortion. There is a reason why there are support groups for addiction. There's a reason why there are support groups for people with PTSD. There is a reason why there is a support group for anybody who have gone through something that is considered a big moment of their life that they have to face. And losing a child is probably one of the hardest moments in a woman's life that they probably can't just wake up the next day and move on with their life after. It's not something that's easy to talk about. And I am empathetic because of that. And I I say all that to say in the same breath, it's kind of crazy when you meet people who are like, you know, you should just have a baby. You made the choice. And yes, some of the choices are made for, we make for ourselves, whether it be to be intimate, whether it be to have a child, all those things. But when the choice is not really that cut and dry, you can't give a cut and dry kind of response. And... It's crazy because one of my dear friends, she is having what I would consider a rainbow baby. She went through the trauma of losing a child and having a miscarriage, not once, but twice. And it really took a toll on her as a woman because for women who want to have children, the worst thing you can hear is that you're not able to have a child or that the child that you thought you were having is no longer with you or that you have a miscarriage or something happened and you feel less of a woman right and the reason I say you feel less of a woman because you grow up with this perception that a woman is based off of what she produces and you're a woman based off of this cycle this period and having a child and being able to produce the air and a lot of religions and a lot of cultures producing a child is a solidification of your marriage your 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 stance in that family I was watching um, a TV show I think it was called filthy rich Asians if I'm not mistaken and one of the women there was like his family did not take value in me until I had a child and I was so grateful I had a child but as soon as I had one the next question was when we having another and she was just like the physical trauma I went through pregnant I don't know if I can do it again and people are so quick especially older people to be like oh you younger women are so weak you can't produce a child and you never know I'm always one of those people who is very empathetic when I, when I talk about my child to ask, you know, oh, do you have a child or do you want children? And when a woman says she can't, I'm very empathetic. I take it as a loss because sometimes people really want to and can't. And it's not something they like to talk about. So you almost have to be almost respectful. Not almost, you should. You should be respectful. And... You should absolutely be respectful if they don't want to talk about it, if they shut the conversation down, if their mood changes, you should be able to tell. And it's one of those things where people talk about, you know, especially in, in foreign cultures about, oh, you know, my husband, my, my son married this woman and now she can't produce a child. They don't know all about the losses you, you went through or you having to use science to make a baby. And 
I had a little bit of both in my family where I had a brother who lost his, his daughter at 40 weeks of the day and I had a brother who had to use science to have his son because they couldn't have a child naturally. And all of those things are part of the trauma that sometimes strangers are not privy to, but they're quickly to judge on. And they're quick to throw shade at and they're quick to, you know, diminish a woman and banish her and make her feel bad and talk crap about her. Like she's not already dealing with the guilt, the trauma, and the pain of trying to be what we consider a full woman and birth a child. And I'm very empathetic because we make choices as women with our bodies that everyone may not agree with. And I always say, you know, the reason science and doctors and knowledge is available is because sometimes things are not always black and white. There's always a shade of gray. And it can be very overwhelming because you want a cut and dry kind of conversation. You want a cut and dry kind of like, well, you should have a baby. And boop, you're pregnant. And the craziest part is when you're dating, especially nowadays, you date, people ask, you know, when you're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay, you become boyfriend and girlfriend. When you're getting married, boom, you're engaged. You're about to get married. You get married, and the next thing out their mouth is when you're going to have a baby. And I feel like it's unfair because a lot of women don't even get a chance to enjoy these monumentous moments in their life of being in a relationship, getting married, building their career, you know, moving on these higher levels in their life, whether it be career-wise or family-wise, where they're like, me and my husband want to establish businesses and we want to be entrepreneurs or we want to, you know, grow in our careers before people are so quick to go. So we have the baby. Not knowing the trauma or the things that you and your mate go through. And then you have, you know, gay couples and people in the LGBTQI, I think is the last letter, um, who have to go through different routes to have a child. And you have to be respectful. You have to be honest. You have to be a little bit more empathetic because you never know people's story. You never know people's personal battles that they go through before you start pointing fingers, asking questions, making people feel guilty. And it sucks because I know as a woman, people judge your womanhood on what you produce. And it's one of those things where I'm a big Law & Order fan. Big Law & Order fan. And um, if you know anything about Law & Order, especially SVU, that's my my series. I love me some SVU. Mariska Hargitay was birthed out of a rape. And for her, she's like, you know, a lot of women would have gotten rid of me. And I'm grateful for the choices my mother made. But again, her mother made that choice. And she she was birthed into trauma. She dealt with trauma. She dealt with feeling like I am a constant reminder of a traumatic moment in time my mother went through. I'm, I'm a reminder of that. And a lot of people don't get that. That's why a lot of women don't like continually having a baby if they were raped or sexually assaulted and it's not just oh well you know you should have a baby and and get rid of them 
And for a lot of women, it's very hard to go through a pregnancy like that. And it's even harder to have a baby that you didn't decide to, you know, put up for adoption. Now, some women are built like that. Some women are like, I want to help people have babies. And I think those people should have a Nobel Peace Prize. Because to birth a child and to be almost so disconnected that you can hand them over after you've carried them for nine months, felt them grow and blossom in your body, felt them you know, move and flutter in your womb and then decide to make a better choice for that child is very traumatic. And because of that, I think this country, this world, these old-fashioned cultures and these people with a very strong wagging finger should take a moment and think a little deeper, make a better choice to not be the judge and jury because everyone quotes the Bible or the Quran or their religious you know beliefs not knowing why someone makes the choices that they do and I think it's very eye-opening when you find people's decision is not always based on their own life but you know based on someone else's opinion and I'm a you know big fan of everybody's story is different Everybody has their own experiences, but and everyone is also entitled to have and talk about and feel differently. And the reason I advocate for the differences is because it's not always, again, black and white. Now, whether or not people will agree, I don't really care. I don't. Because... <laughs> I know people who've made the decision not to have a child based off of who they got pregnant with, the point in their life where they become pregnant in, and it's not always out of a quick 30 second, oh, I'm not keeping this baby, get rid of it kind of feeling, like most people may assume, and it's not something quick and nonchalant that they can you know, just kind of feel nothing after. And I am more of a human than most people. And I feel like you have to be, I don't know, You have to go through your own shit before you can talk the shit about others. (laughs) So, I, I, again, feel a little different, feel a little different, not always quick with the, oh, it is what it is, or y'all just talking to hear yourself talk kind of vibe, and I know for myself and for what I think it's not always going to be for everybody. And I'm okay with it. <laughs> because I can I can love from a distance. I can care from a distance. And I'm a person who's perfectly okay having a difference of opinion. And a lot of people can't. A lot of people take offense as soon as we start talking about life and trauma and pain and not knowing 
you know, everyone's story. And it's not everybody's story to tell. I know a lot of people who tell their stories in secret because they know it's not always <laughs> palatable. It ain't always a fun story to tell. But people like me are not, you know, fair and far between. And when you meet people like me, there's a reason why there's people like me. Let me just say that. So, I say all that to say, be be fair. Don't judge so fast. Don't talk so meanly. Don't come off so harshly to a woman you don't know her story. You never know why she didn't just have a baby. You don't know why she didn't just get pregnant right after marriage. Or you don't know why she's afraid to have a baby. I had a girlfriend who was always like, I'm scared to have a baby. I'm scared of failing. I said, failing? She was like, oh yeah. She said, because if I get pregnant and I lose that baby, I don't know if I would do it again. Or I don't know if I can handle that loss and be motivated to try again. And I don't know if I could do it so easily without feeling, you know, less than. So be careful how quick you are to talk about that woman who doesn't have children, but you know loves your babies and talk to your kid and loves to be the fun aunt because they may be going their own drama. I had a best friend of mine deal with a miscarriage and it broke her for a while and it broke her because she didn't just feel empty but she felt worthless she felt alone she felt broken and a lot of that is not something that heals over time but it definitely heals within its own time and you have to almost be careful how you word the words that you use when you're talking to a person who's been through loss, trauma, or made a decision that will, you know, change their life, whether it be, I'm choosing not to have a kid because I'm just not in a place, I'm not in a position, the person I was with wasn't, you know, a good fit, whatever, and I'm going to live with that choice. I'm going to live with it because I knew I needed to make a better decision for my unborn than someone may have made for me. I, I always say, you know, you always see the kids who are born to crackheads or drug addicts or alcoholics and you feel bad for them, right? I used to work at a restaurant and we would see this junkie couple come in with their kid and maybe lean and bopping and eyes closed and faded on the best high they probably had all day while their child is trying to get them to drink water or to play a game or to eat and all you can say is oh my god look at this kid with these horrible parents and you think is that is that better would you rather see this kid with these unfit people than if she would have gotten an abortion and this kid wouldn't have to go through this kind of trauma and drama? Or you see a kid in an abusive home, beaten, sexually assaulted, hurt, crying, and in pain. Is that better than if that parent chose not to have a child? I'm that type of realist. 
when I see the bad, I don't always think the choice was cut and dry. I don't always think that the decision was so easy. Because again, when you see these children grow up to, to hurt other people or to be scarred and abused and beaten and battered because of what they've been through because that's all they know, was it really worth it? And I don't think people look at it in that picture. So for me, I'm a little bit softer on the women. I'm a little bit softer on the choices that had to be made when I wasn't around. I'm grateful to be a child who had a great opportunity to be raised by amazing parents in a loving home with a great family. And I pray that it only happens for everyone. (laughs) I pray that everyone is blessed. I pray that I make the best decisions for my own. Because at the end of the day, that's all I can hope I've done. Is that I've made a best, I made the best decision for mine. And I take this podcast, this one person I dedicated to all the women who have been through trauma, pain, PTSD, pregnancy loss. And this month, October, is actually Pregnancy, pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. So I think it's only fitting that we talk about it. You talk about these traumas, you make it aware, you don't make it into something that's hidden. You make your friends, your girlfriends, your your wife, your colleague, you make them feel comfortable. Make them feel like you're an ally. Be there for them, love them, care for them. Be their support system. Because there's a lot of women going through these traumas and they never talk about it. Because they're afraid that if they told someone I was raped so I got rid of the baby that they'll be judged. That I had to use IVF to get pregnant and be judged. That they gave us their child for adoption and be judged. Having a baby is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And I went to college and I, you know, I worked really hard, stressed, super enduring jobs. So when I tell you I don't take having a child lightly, but I also can see having a child as a whole fucking job. And it ain't for the weak, and it ain't for the meek. And it ain't for those who think it's just a, you know, you lay down, you have a baby. Yeah, when you look on social media, you see all the highlights. It's like not watching a basketball game, but getting all the points. You watch ESPN and they give you all the major things that happen. That's what it is to be pregnant from the outside. When you're not the person carrying a baby, you get all the highlights. You get the, you know, gender reveal. You get the ultrasound pictures. You get the pregnancy photos. You get the baby shower. You get the decorating of the room and the, the, the finding the name or whatever. But you don't see the time where the mom couldn't sleep and she couldn't eat. She's throwing up and kissing porcelain. You don't see the times where she's stressed and she's crying and she's worried. You don't see the times where she's fearful. She's, you know, awoken because she can't sleep because her body is going through changes. You don't see the times where they've lost their child and now they're looking for comfort in their partner. You don't see it. So again, I want to bring awareness to pregnancy laws, to pregnancy choices, to being pro-choice and living in a country and a world where people judge it because they don't know your story. I thank you for listening. I hope this message reaches you well. I love you all, and I'm out.